two, three. Hello and welcome to the first Wet Pot Bandits wet Podcast. Pod. <laughs> wet Pod, Wet Bandits Podcast episode. Oh my God, I didn't mean to do that. Wet Bandits Podcast episode of 2020. It's been a good week. Yeah. This might not be the first episode you listened to in 2020, but it is the first one officially released in 2020. Uh, we, oh, my name's Weez. Wheezy McWheeze. Measy McWheeze. Yeah. Weezer McWheezy. My name is Samuel. That's right. Samuel. Slam we are, me B. We're Slam two, jam. We're f- <laughs> 40%, two-fifths of the Wet Bandits, the greatest 90s cover band in the world, or at least Central Ohio. Uh, we covered discographies from 90s bands on this podcast, and we look at how those bands throughout their career hopefully evolve, sometimes devolve. We look at their, you know, everything, the best stuff they do and the stuff that's not their best. Sometimes and they just stay the same. Some, Yeah, sometimes they just stay the same. Yeah. You know, which, you know, maybe we'll talk about Nickelback someday. Yeah, or ACDC, but, they're not 90s. Uh, ACDC, good example. Motorhead. <clears throat> I would argue that ACDC is 90s in that yeah. they released major hit songs in the 90s. Yeah, they did. I think they still count. Um, but anyway, that's for another day. Ultimately, our goal is to revisit the stuff that we and you hopefully love and maybe breathe new life into the stuff that we didn't like the first time around and hopefully find that we like it more than we used to or maybe we misjudged it um, and essentially bring back the rock. Bring, that's Which the mission the statement. the acronym is... <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's create a new one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reach out. Reach out. C- uh, Cocoon kayak. <laughs> <laughs> reach out, cocoon. Um, yeah, cocoon kayak. That's what the rock is. Reach out, cuz... We know. Reach out because we're coming with a K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're trying. That's what we aim to do on this podcast. Um, today's album. This is the fourth entry from Foo Fighters today. Um, what was this? 2001? Uh, this was... Let me bring it up because I forget. 2002. Oh. Um, and I miss... I think um, season two, I don't know what episode it was, but at some point I have brought up this album many times and I've mistakenly called it all for one, like almost for an entire episode. And when I was searching for this, because we do this little thing where we look at this date in history, music history. And when I was searching for the album, I couldn't find it because I, I searched for all for one. For some reason in my mind, I think the name of this album is all for one. And I always have to like guessing i always have to check uh-huh. myself before i wreck myself yeah um 
The title of this album is One by One. One by One. And we're on to the next one. Um, this was released in, on October 22nd, 2002. So even kind of like late 2002. And it really represents a crossover from the popularity of rock music into the type of music that we're more used to ruling the charts now, kind of. Um, but, but there was some good rock in like the early 2000s. Oh, for sure. But it's not, you know, where we had in the end of 99, you've got at least Santana mm-hmm. like reaching the top of the charts. Oh, I see um, what you're saying. And, but, but now, October 22nd, 2002, the number one song uh, on the billboard was a moment like this, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, Which I don't even remember that song. Yeah, I see. It's more of like the musical machine now. Yep, yep. Uh, number one mainstream rock song, "Never Again" by Nickelback. Which I will, you I will it. defend that song. You say it till the end. That song is killer. Um, I love that song. <laughs> like your last words. What was the song name again? Never again. Never again. Totally holds up. Totally holds up. <laughs> totally. I, I, we were talking about how, uh, we mentioned it in another episode, how uh, 100 Proof, the band that was next to us at the trade show, oh, yeah. that that was the first song they did on their demo. It sounds just like the Nickelback uh-huh. studio recording. Like, I'm not saying like, they did a great job. They do it just like the record. Like, no, it actually sounds yeah. just like the record. Like, that's cool. Killer. Um, and interestingly, I think really interestingly, we've talked about how somehow metal is the genre that will not die. Dude, there's right? always a following for metal. There's always a following for metal. Like you said, the number one album, October 22nd, cool. 2002, is disturbed believe uh, dude i i dug into some disturbed for a little bit i did too a like, little bit yeah i do not like them Ten thousand fists in yeah year. yeah that's the one is that the one you have <laughs> and i had the sickness oh okay and then i might have had that one i have ten thousand fists that I, I stopped at indestructible which is like the newer one yeah that came later the thing with like the what surprises me so much about Disturbed being the number one album is, like we know that metal is like the thing mm-hmm. that, that that seems to the rock genre that seems to like stand the test of like they will always have fans, but even Disturbed I I thought apparently incorrectly seems to serve a specific subset of metal fans like I like Metallica and I like Tool and I like you know. I mean, some people argue Alice in Chains is metal, and I think mm. there's a argument to be made there. But, yeah, that's more like classic. Yeah, but now we're getting to like Slipknot. Yeah, you know, and exact, which I think is a little fringier mm-hmm. to me. But you know, number one album on the Billboard speaks for itself, right? Yeah. So that's what we're looking at here. Um, one by one, um, is gonna have to wait a second. Because I don't want to forget, we ended ended 2019 on a bit of a low, forgetting to do a Do You Lie segment. Yeah. We tried to do it on the fly, and it failed miserably. Okay? So we're going to start off 2020 right with a hashtag Do You Lie. Oh, my God. 
We also didn't tell people to rate, review, subscribe. Dude, last episode. they forgot, man. They All right. don't know. Now, here's what... Because we forgot last episode, if you haven't subscribed yet, oh my God, eat shit. But <laughs> <laughs> hit that subscribe button now and then tell a friend to subscribe to make it up to us. Yeah. Okay? And also rate five stars only. Uh-huh. And if you want to throw in a review, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. I'd like to read some reviews. I like the reviews. Me too. I saw um we we have gotten more ratings. People don't mind hitting five stars, but they are not leaving reviews. Which, you know, that takes more time. Yeah. I understand that. All right. To... I'll click five stars, but I ain't leaving no review. Right. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. I don't know. Um but anyway, if you guys could do that stuff, that would be just tremendous. And in as payment, I'm going to give you a great do you lie. Do you want, should yeah. I do my do you lie first? Sure. I lied recently to my hairstylist. Ooh. That's right. I have a hairstylist. The last time I told a group of people that they laughed at me, that's because I'm losing my hair, right? If you see us on YouTube, Josh calls it a fryer tuck. It's not that bad. <laughs> Come on. It's not that bad. I don't bad. know what that is. But- you don't? Uh-uh. Do you know who Friar Tuck is uh-uh. from Robin Hood? Oh, oh. Yeah, so he has like a it's halo not that bad. of hair. It's not that <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's not that bad. So, um, so yeah, I am not going to have Gosh hair for... Mean, man. Yeah, I know. Really mean. And he acts like I'm mean. <laughs> um, nevertheless, I that doesn't mean I want my hair to look like crap. And frankly, I think that when you are a balding person... It makes your hair more challenging to cut. You have to take it to someone who knows what they're doing to make you look presentable. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, quite controversially, my wife will not let me shave my head. She's like, my wife is only like five one, and she's like, well, I mean, I can't see. I think you look fine. Like I can't see it on top of your head. So she wants me to keep what hair I have left. What do you want? I want to shave this shit because mm-hmm. um, I feel like an idiot. Like especially when my hair gets long, I look like a person losing their hair who's trying to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is not what I, I want to be. Bruce Willis. Like I yeah. want to like sh- buzz oh, that yeah. down. Like lose my hair gracefully. I'm not losing it gracefully as you know in, in this way. So anyway, my hairstylist who is great recently had a baby. Okay, her second. Congratulations, Amy. And she told, we had, it was kind of like a um, spur of the moment delivery. Like we had an appointment scheduled for the end of November. It's all, it's January now. Um, And she, we had to cancel that. She's mm-hmm. like, I'll let you know when I'm back. So she didn't, and I didn't expect her to. She's got a million things going on. But I really need a haircut, like a real, <laughs> real bad. Or I need to shave my head. Yeah. It's getting terrible. So I texted her kind of out of the blue. I'm going to bring it up so I don't misquote. I texted her. Those I said, are some hefty texts there. Yep. Hi there. Hope baby Gabriella arrived without a hitch and you guys had a good Christmas. I don't know what your plans are work-wise, but Corinne and I have a little baby slash Christmas gift for her if when you're back. That was a lie. Oh! <laughs> so it, it, the the reason I had to lie was because I needed to I find need out. Haircut, I man. needed to find out. I needed to find out 
if she was back at work oh. without like trying to like be rude. Like, uh-huh. are you back yet? So I had to be like, I got a baby gift for you. Oh, that's that's a good lie, right? Yeah, yeah. that's an that, appropriate that, lie. That was like when you have to lie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because if you didn't lie, who knows when you'd get your hair cut? No, I'm obviously getting this child a gift, and I plan <laughs> and I planned to as soon as I presented this lie. But, <laughs> but I did not have one, and I do not yet have a gift for this child. It was like. Well, now I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a harm. That is a harmless lie, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Or is it harmful because it, it is manipulative, but low key. But that's like the story of the world, man. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude. I'm gonna nook you for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a lie? Dude, you I do, do, man. So, Go like, for as it. we were talking about a couple weeks ago, the holidays are here. Everybody's lying. Everybody's telling their lies. So I have a, a my good friend Alex. He got married in September, mm. and uh, I was going to get them a wedding gift because they both are interested in like records and stuff. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I would love to get you a turntable." I haven't got yet. <laughs> now it's just like a Christmas slash turntable so i bought all the parts i needed because i was interested in like fixing one up myself bringing it back to life so he's like dude i got you something man i was like all right dude like we're planning on meeting up and like i haven't put in the parts i had yet (laughs) so and they don't fit so (laughs) it's like (laughs) that is the worst (laughs) i was like fuck man i was just like (laughs) Dude, I'm not going to be able to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. Yeah. So. We're starting off with two good solid yeah. lies. I was just like, that That was like an emergency lie. Yeah. Yeah. We should make like a tier list of lies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So mine was, uh, what was mine called? That was like, is tier one the highest or tier five? Ooh. Um, or is there three tiers? I don't know how many tiers. Ooh, I don't know. The real, the highest tier is real tears. T E A. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, let's find out. Um, because we're gonna re- relate this to. Uh, so tier one is the worst. Okay. Defcon one. That is the highest level. <laughs> Of <laughs> real tears. That, that is the most severe tier. The most severe tier is tier one lie. Okay. And we'll say it goes down to tier. It might be hard to divide them up into five tiers. So maybe tier three. Okay. Tier three is low level. Tier one is the most. Yeah. Severe type of lie. Like, you know, uh, no, that's not my child. I've never met this woman before. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um maybe we do need five live yeah. tiers because that that is a whole that's other pushing tier. the boundaries man yeah that we probably won't have any lies that drastic on this hopefully yeah um but if you do please yeah <laughs> please tell us please share um as pr- as anonymously as possible if you need to um i was gonna say that i think maybe my 
writing the F word on a chair and magic marker and lying about it from when I was a kid, that's probably like a tier two. You think so? Only because it's like you were caught oh. and you tried to lie. Like it was also impossible to pass that lie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We maybe should work this out later. Yeah. But that's an important thing. Maybe, I could be talking about this all day. Yeah. So maybe the people need to hit us up and tell us how yeah. we should. T- maybe they already have a solution. Maybe other people are like, hashtag do you lying in their workplace or homes. Yeah. You know, and they can they can illuminate the best way for us to evaluate our lies. Yeah. It's important, you guys. Priorities. <laughs> yep. You want to talk one by one? Yeah. I do too. One by one, like I already said, is the fourth release from Foo Fighters. I said that I was kind of over the Foo Fighters after There's Nothing Left to Lose. I gave that album, at the time, about three full listens, and I was like, you know, it's just not for me. But for some reason, I was still... When One by One came out, I, I still understand that Foo Fighters represent like a uh, desire to keep rock alive. Yeah. And so I bought this and it ended up being one of the albums that my friends and I listened to in college the most right mm. up. The, I would put stadium Arcadium first and I'd put one by one second. Wow. We listened to this one a lot. Why? And you just eat good background or, um, no, I think we just genuinely liked it. Yeah. You See, know? people like Foo, in the Foo Fighters universe, I feel people like this is their least, this is like the St. Anger. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because the band was like kind of like splitting up. Like Dave Grohl was playing with Queens of the Stone Age. I think uh, Taylor Hawkins like, you know, had his overdose around this time. Oh, I forgot about that. And then, you know, so like there's kind of some like, bad blood in the band and then i was watching this interview chris who seems like just like a dead honest dude like there's like bad vibes in the air no one was talking to anybody for like the rehearsal for this album and he's just like what the fuck is going on here or something like that and then taylor and dave just started like going at it because like taylor never went and watched dave go play with queens of the stone age and like that's funny yeah you know I, I didn't bring that up. I don't know how in the last that episode. Is, well, let's pretend it is, yeah, because it's an interesting thing to consider, especially given that we're recording these one after another uh-huh. on the same day. So there's nothing left to lose in one by one, and so it's hard for me to decide when I'm going to bring up certain things. And now it's appropriate to say that I think one thing that bothers me a little bit about Foo Fighters is that they really, even once the full band is fleshed out and they're all recording, it's still like a Dave Grohl solo project. Yeah. He, the band does not seemingly ever do backup vocals. All the backups are just re-recordings of Dave's mm. voice. And um, it's just, he seems like a bit of an egomaniac, maybe. Um, even though he seems like a genuine, like nice person, like what kind of guy in Dave Grohl's position, gives a shit if Taylor Hawkins comes and watches him in a different band. Mm-hmm. Like, eat shit, man. Well, I think like, I have like, other things to I do. I think they're, like, really good friends. And with them both being drummers, you know, that you kind of, like, support 
Yeah, because- fine. I have a and, I, and I know I'm not as famous as Dave Grohl, but like, like my friends don't come. My wife doesn't uh-huh. come out and watch us play. Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. You're a grown man. Like, and and we're only playing in Ohio. Like, was Taylor supposed to like travel the country to watch Dave Grohl play? I, I do not. If that's true, and. And the reason I'm sort of assuming that it is is because I already had this theory that Dave Grohl is this low key like mm-hmm. egomaniac. Like, oh, I, you get that feeling like he's an asshole in the studio. Yeah, just like I mean, I th- I think I heard like someone's like that too, like Paul McCartney. Well, I can just see people be like, so I didn't mean to interrupt. No, like, you didn't. But that's like why they write good music too, you know? Yeah, and there's the, on some level, I think that that happens by necessity. Mm -hmm. Like I, in the wet bandits, I'm that person. Like I I have to, someone has to be like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Because there are some things that can be solved democratically Mm -hmm. and you like, you know, get everybody's input and like, this is what you end up doing because everybody wants to do this. But some things just don't get done unless someone says, this is what we're doing. And, and I get it. Like, y- y- someone has to be that person, clearly. But certainly, what you do outside of your job, like if being in the Foo Fighters is Taylor Hawkins' job, that's none of Dave's fucking business. Sorry, mm-hmm. I said I was going to not <laughs> say the F word as much. But, um, and I, even if they're great friends, mm-hmm. like, my, my friends, you have friends that come to, wet bandits shows and uh but my friends don't come very often anymore like who cares yeah um yeah i don't know this has gotten me worked up though man i will say this that last episode i was talking about how there should be an element of rebellion and anger Mm -hmm. in rock music whether a song is happy or not like it has to come from a perspective yeah like a passion like yes. it should be this way. And if maybe that's why I like this album so much. If it was recorded under tense circumstances, yeah. maybe that's what I sense about this one that's mm-hmm. a little different. Good um, point. Yeah. Well, plus we we t- you talked about an episode or two ago about how this came after Dave Grohl's divorce or something and that's what times like these is based oh, Am yeah. I miss I th- That might have been Kevin. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Well, anyway, um you know, that's probably a contributing factor too. If yeah. That's, um, if those are linked, I guess. So anyway, you ready to get to it? Do you have yeah. anything else? Um, the first song on this album, the first single also, uh, when I think of this song, I think of his clear plastic guitar. I know. <laughs> uh, that's all my life. Are you ever going to buy one of those? The thing that bugs me the most about this song is that he is ostensibly playing a clear plastic guitar. Dude, Kirk Hammett had one. I'm sorry if I'm playing over this. No, no. Kirk Hammett had a clear plastic guitar. That makes me sad. He put his P in it? Yeah. That makes it better. Yeah. Did he ever play it? Yeah, I think like in the 90s. Hmm. Metallica has like a 90s concert thing called Cunning Stunts. Okay. And I think it might be in there. I don't know. I don't know. 
I just can't imagine getting great guitar tone out of a plastic guitar. But if you got the right pick, I'm a believer that pickups make a bigger difference oh. than the wood. But um, I do want the audience to hear this chorus. Specifically, the second chord of the chorus. So here's the first one, and here comes the second. The biggest thing, there are many things that for me set this album a little bit apart, but the thing I noticed the most is guitar tone changes. I complained a lot about guitar tones mm-hmm. in the last episode for There's Nothing Left to Lose, and in this album, when they hit big, open, yeah. distorted chords, they sound good. Yeah. Like that is an example of that second chord that I played there of the chorus sequence. Mm-hmm. Just a big, fat, like. It almost sounds like they're playing, this doesn't exist to my knowledge, but it's almost like they're playing a nine string guitar uh, where you've got, wh- where you'd be doubling like three of the middle strings. Uh-huh. Like, cause the mids are so fat and they're yeah. so separated. Like, yeah. you can hear Each almost, in- yes, yeah. you can hear individual strings as opposed to like just a, a thick sludge uh-huh. of chord. You hear like, Six notes making a chord, um, which I really appreciate. ACDC does that real well, too. Yes, they do. Like, yeah, that's something, like, I feel like when people, when you're playing rock, people feel like you need to do, like, the bar chord, the power chord, you Uh know what I mean? But, like, when you play in just a normal chord, it Mm -hmm. sounds sweet. It's, like, electrifying. You know what I mean? It's, like, And and it's not easy to do. You know, you really kind of, in order to get that right, you need the combination of Clean, guitar with yeah. the right pickups, the distortion pedal or uh, overdriven valve, you know, in your tube amp or whatever, uh, um, mm. and the right amp and speaker. Like you need all that to work together. Yeah, I'm probably making it sounder that it. It's difficult for a person who's never played guitar yeah. before. Obviously, these guys have, but you can't. What I'm saying is, you can't just like plug a distortion pedal a guitar into a distortion pedal and plug that into an amp and get that sound um even if you have quote unquote the right distortion pedal yeah you need to have you need to knowledge. have some sense and yeah. knowledge to get that to work because if you have like too much gain it's going to sound like mud if you exactly. don't have any gain it's going to sound like weak yep you know and and to to this point like the guitar i use which i love for its clean tone I can't really get that kind of distorted uh-huh. tone. My, because of the pickups I use, which again I use more for the love of the clean tone, it sacrifices a lot of the distorted tone. Like my guitar does sound kind of muddy. Yeah. You know, I I have to back off the gain a lot to make it as clear as I can. But um, anyway, point being, even experienced people can have trouble with this, mm. um, and it, they nailed it on this one. Uh, we talked the whole song. The the second song on the album is Low, which is the third single off the album. They had a show like yeah. before Cow Jam. Uh-huh. And they played this song. Did they? Do yeah. they not do this one often? No. Hmm. I wonder why not. 
I don't know, dude. The Foo Fighters recently, they've just been playing like the hits. They like, I think this is a single. That's a hit. Well, I mean, like the real hit, like "Best of You." Yeah. You know, "Walk." You know, just play those. Yeah, I don't remember this. So it's like being a greatest hit CD, which was kind of disappointing when I saw them live. Because you know, as like yeah. a fan and a musician, you want to hear like some deep. Stuff. Totally. Yep. Um. I love the drums in this song. Do you? I love this part. Like how the bass is just, you know what I mean? and then he goes to the. God, he is pushing the beat so yeah. hard. Um, I'm gonna rewind a little bit. Sorry, I don't know if the audience heard that. I'm gonna rewind just a little bit so you can hear what we're talking about when we're saying he's pushing the beat. Like, those snares are so far forward yeah. on the beat. I like it. I don't dislike it. Yeah. It kind of fits this song, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, generally, if I don't notice it, I'm okay with it. You know, mm. I only noticed it because I was really paying attention there. Um, the verse, I don't love this song. Um, the, the verse to me is a bit of a struggle, but I think the chorus is real good. Yeah. You know, when it... Uh, I'm going to fast forward to it here. You want to get it? Nope. Close enough, though. Strike. When you have like that good tone, yeah. Do you think this song has good tone? Yeah. Like I like when you get those fat rakes. Me too. You know what I mean? That when you asked if it has good tone, what I was thinking of was the rakes are good. Yeah. 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 The rakes are. Uh, you hear the dun chika chika dun chika chika dun. When you say the chika chika, those are the mm. rakes. Chika chika. Um, so that song's cool. I don't know if it's strong enough to be a single, even though they made it. You know, they yeah. made it one, but. Um, have it all is the third song. I think this is a little cheesy, but it's good. I the, think the have it all. I'm yeah. Like, all right. And this is another example of like a Foo Fighters like quote unquote riff uh -huh. that just like doesn't really do it for me. Like do 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 do. Which we're not at yet, but it's coming here. I complained about the same thing with Generator, where it's like. Like, is anybody listening to that and being like, listen to that riff? No. I don't know. I just I, don't, I just think it kind of sucks. Like, I would have just left that out. The song's better if you take out the... Because otherwise, it's okay. Again, guitar tone's pretty good, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I agree. This song's kind of like a meh. But I like it. I, I, like, I like it part. enough. Yeah. I like a, that a lot of these songs are like pushing. Yeah, a lot of them are yeah. pushing. 
this part's good. Like the second half of uh, the pre-chorus, if that's what you'd call it. I don't know. Or maybe you'd call it the chorus, and the have it all is like an out chorus. Yeah. All right. The masterpiece. The fourth song is Times Like These. Um, this fill right here. T turn it up. You like that one? Yeah. It's a ridge, you know. I yeah. like how they counted it. He counts it off with the bass drum. Boom, boom, pop. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the kind of thing. It doesn't really bug me in this song. With This is the kind of thing that I use an ex as an example, like what you were saying, that Taylor sometimes sounds thin. Mm -hmm. These drums are not fat yeah. sounding. And he does a lot of like... The, the, bada, like, uh -huh. which I kind of hate. He, this isn't the song I'm going to use it as an example. I'll bring it up again later because there's another song where he uses it. I mean, were, were you going to say something? Uh, something um, different. Finish that thought. Uh, like, I'm not shitting on Taylor Hawkins. You he's, a, he's a great drummer. You know, he's yeah, and you for, like him. Yeah, but he gets serious. I don't know if it's like trying to find your place in a band because he, he was just kind of like thrown in there they made yeah. like a record you know mm -hmm. like but like you can see him like get crazy good like once they like like the last three albums the okay. drumming's like sweet okay like so I don't know if he's like trying to find his sound he's probably doing it all because he he was in like Atlantis and they were probably right. like this is your sound this uh -huh. is what you're gonna sound like you know you're just gonna stick to this right but then, like, he has more, like, independence, probably, and, like, he wants yeah. to create. And he's, like, you listen to him talk, he's real passionate mm -hmm. about rock, so he wants to, like, establish his own yeah. kind of sound. So it's really interesting to hear him throughout the records and him find, like, his own yeah. thing, which is really cool. Uh, now I'm excited to listen yeah. to it. Listen to this chorus. Yeah, the and and the yeah. There's like a little like almost lead part. It's more of a I would call it a color part. Yeah. That yeah. in in there's nothing left to lose. I was talking about one of the songs where the chorus was good. Uh -huh. I've already forgotten which it is. Um, but um, I'm gonna try to look real quick. Um, Oh, Gimme Stitches. Oh. Gimme Stitches is like, okay. Where, where could he use that? Where it could, yes. This is a good chorus that just needs something. Mm -hmm. And I said, at the time, I said, Times Like These has that. And that's what it is. It's got color music yeah. parts over the top of it that give it like... Like um, strings. Yeah, yeah, like strings. But Foo Fighters don't use strings, at least not that I know of yet. But it... um. This does the same effect, mm -hmm. and it totally works. Um, th again, similar to uh, how I said better or bigger than a bullet in Headwires, the, the cadence and the lyrics of this song are perfect for the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back um, to that color thing. Like, 
under my thumb, that like marimba. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Totally. Yeah, that like makes the song. And, yeah. Like, that guitar part, that like little melody behind, it's like what makes it feel good. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's, and we're at the end of the song and I'm not done talking about it yet. Um, you know, Dave Grohl, a lot of the time with his songs, it, you know, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, like we just had, you know, bridge, verse, chorus. Then the last chorus is scream chorus. He does that a yeah, lot. Yeah. The only song that I really appreciate it is Times Like mm-hmm. These. Because he's saying one last, yeah, that's time. Yeah. You know. And it's like, you know, you feel like he means it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing with Dave Grohl that I don't often get. I don't. There, uh, when I hear Dave Grohl, I'm never like, dude, fucking means it. Yeah, you know. But this time, I feel like he means it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not in Dave Grohl's head, so I, obviously I don't know. But he, his weak part, he has a good voice, but his songwriting and his drumming are stronger than his singing. You know, which you know, if if I had his voice, I'd be very happy about it. Yeah. But but if I have to pick a weak point, it's that. It's his vocals, and it works here. Mm-hmm. This is where it's he's at his best. This is where, in the analogy I was making in the last episode, where you got to play to your strengths, this song plays to all the Foo Fighters' strengths. Yeah. Um, the, this song was not as popular as All My Life, at least by chart position, but this is... I don't know. Probably my favorite song of theirs. Period. Seriously, it's real good. And that's even given the fact that I actually hate how they start the song. I hate that. If I was writing a song, thing? no, the, the the open the weird like dissonant chord, like if someone brought that to me and was like, "Here's a song I got," like that sounds like shit, bro. Um. And I'm not even sure I would miss it if that weren't in the song. Yeah. So I, I feel so like negative. But like, I see what you're saying. It does kind of sound like, I don't know, weird. But like, you need to put that in front to like get the impact of like the bass drum count off. I usually do feel that way. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. just kind of got to throw something in there yeah. to get the impact of like the actual. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure I agree, but I don't disagree. Yeah. And I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. At the very least, I know what you mean. Um, the next song is disenchanted lullaby. I love this song. I like the riff. Yeah. I like the chorus, dude. I knew you would. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to fast forward because I don't love the chorus and I bet you like it for the reason I don't like it. <laughs> Fast forwarding. The hi-hat. Well, I was going to say... Uh, the I like the four on the floor, man. <laughs> I don't. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, I knew that was why you uh, would like it, and I don't like it. It's four on. The, explain to the people what four on the floor one, means. One, two, three, four, yeah. one, just straight, nothing else. One, two, <laughs> three, four. Like, 
Yeah, it's just, it's so basic. What what I think is cool is like he's like opening and closing that hi hat on all four of the beats. It's yeah, like, psh, psh, psh. that is kind of cool. Yeah, that's the only part that I'm really like. Okay, he at least he's doing something with that. That's beat. um something that Steven Adler did a lot, like in yeah. Appetite mm-hmm. for Destruction, okay. which is kind of cool. So yeah. if you ever go back and listen to that, the, this song to me, although I do like kind of enjoy listening to it, it doesn't. It seems like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Like this part is kind of like pretty, and I get it. It's like a disenchanted lullaby. Like the uh, title says, it yeah. doesn't know what it wants to be, but. It's also like they go full on like metalish, you know. Yeah. Um, again, though, you have the huge open chord in the chorus that is the best sounding part of the song. Right when he says, "No one has a fit like I do," uh-huh. it follows with this huge chord right here. Those two big chords are the best sounding part of the song yeah. to me. Um, so that's it for that song. Do you have anything else? No, nah, I like it. I, I like it okay. By the way, I, I was saying I feel bad that I'm nitpicking every little thing about this. This I like this album mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, same. So I give it a certainly a B plus. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can give it an A, but yeah. certainly a B plus for me. What do you think about Tired of You? I like it. This I like too. I we alluded I alluded to it in the last episode where Foo Fighters will sometimes do really stripped down slow mm. songs that I generally don't care for. This is the only one that works for me. Yeah. I'll tell you one big reason for it. That is an interesting guitar tone. Just like I feel like it's in drop D and he's It like probably is. But it's like they're really using the amps reverb channel. Oh. Like you can hear that like echo. You can't really hear it there, but you can yeah. hear it um, as he leaves the verse getting into this. Hmm. Oh, I hear that. You hear it there. <laughs> yeah, that like it's almost like yeah. a crackle, right? Yeah. Um, but I like the guitar stuff here. There's a lot to like in this song. That like guitar over that uh-huh. makes it sound gloomy. Very. You know what I mean? Like, it actually, tree, like everywhere you're walking, trees are just like wilting. Like, yeah, it actually makes me think of Metallica for some oh, reason. Oh yeah. There, I do think this song sounds. You know, maybe this is a a credit to Foo Fighters that I don't think of other bands very much when I hear their albums. This album makes me think a lot of other bands hmm. where I'm like, oh, this sounds like so-and-so. This, yeah. that, I don't know why that reminds me of Metallica. I can't put my finger on it, but when I hear that, I'm like, okay. Um, you know, that calls back some Metallica feelings for me. Um, seventh song is Halo. Oh, this sounds good. When the I like the drums and the bass. Yeah, um, I forgot to mention that "Have It All" is also a single. So Ooh. the first uh, first four songs on the album are the singles. Hmm. What do you think of Nate Mendel? Uh, <laughs> he sounds he seems like a nice guy. You yeah. know, I I like him. 
I like that he came from Sunday Day Real Estate, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know why I find that endearing. Maybe because um, he's like loyal. He's been in the yes. band since like he just has like this. This is the bass player we're talking about. He just has the face of a guy who I feel like I'd like. Oh yeah, you know. Um, and Jen, I also kind of feel like if you can stay in a band like the Foo Fighters, like Foo Fighters, uh-huh. excuse me, like Foo Fighters, where you've got this really strong personality and like they seem to have no problem with him ever. Yeah. You know, that's you must be a cool guy. Yeah. You know, he can clearly play, even though he's a background player like he is not flea of the Foo Fighters he's, right. just, he's just there to fill the spot that needs to be filled by mm-hmm. a bass player I think um, he actually like <clears throat> this is just the vibe I've gotten like listening to like interviews and stuff like that like mm-hmm. he actually like has some strong points in like the music writing like does he if he's like like it feels like Dave listens to him. Like that should have like an extra course. I was gonna say. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was gonna ask if maybe that was kind of his role. Was yeah. like the the like check like, the voice of reason yeah. kind of like hey, you. I think I think in the Wet Bandits you're probably that person, the person that like when Josh and I have or Jeff and I or we have these differing opinions, like you can remain objective. Like you, you always have to have the person who's like the level headed uh, one, the maybe least passionate. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way about this specific argument. Mm, like, right, like I don't have yeah. a skin in this game, but because I don't have a skin in this game, I can tell you which one of you mm. is making the most sense, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Cause you're not clouded, you know? Um, I ha- hate this drum part. Makes me feel like you're falling. Like Yeah. But I hate the but up. Yeah. What you said he do, does a lot. He does it a lot yeah. and it kinda drives me nuts. This song, um, the verse is uh, I would say C minus. Chorus is pretty good. Yeah. You know. This is a pretty strong bridge too, which is something Foo Fighters don't do that well. Um, but this verse, along with Overdrive, which we're about to get to, are the songs that sound most like generator-ish to me, where yeah. it's just like, I'm Kinda. not into this. Mm. But this is a good bridge, especially how it goes into a pseudo-guitar solo. Oh. Which they never do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lonely As You is next. You like this song? Yeah. It gets good at the chorus. Mm. I could take or leave this style verse where it's like palm muted and um, I don't know. This doesn't really do anything for me, but um, 
then we get to to the chorus where you've got huge chords again, which I like. To tell you something about this. What's that? Uh, this is like an unrelated thought. Yeah. So, we all know Disney owns Star Wars. <laughs> that is unrelated. Yes, go on. So I'm watching, you know, we have, we always got something in the background. I know the YouTube mute. people are watching us yeah. watch something. I, I just realized it was on mute, but mm-hmm. anyway, I had a dream. So like Kylo Ren dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> And I had he a, dies in a sense because he becomes Ben. Yeah. But just kidding. I was trying to save the spoiler. That's a spoiler too. But no, he actually, his heart stops. This was my dream. <laughs> okay. And this is where I'm scared about Disney, man. Okay. So Ben dies. I had a dream. Like he went to like this like planet. It's kind of like the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Exegol. Whatever. I'll stop interrupting. <laughs> and someone comes out of the shadows, and it's Thanos. <gasps> I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be lame. Yeah. You know what? Somebody's going to do that, though. Yeah. It's like they've already done Alien versus Predator, uh-huh. which weren't... That's a little different, but someone's going to say, like, comic books already do that. They've already had... Uh, he-man meets the avengers or yeah. whatever they're gonna someone's why can't a movie do that and they're gonna mix them up oh it's gonna be God. stupid as hell um so this chorus the lonely is you chorus um where it's one more time for the last time, i do not like it all it's an example of what i was saying earlier where like a different band should do that uh, hmm. you know first of all the melody is bad one more time for the last time. Like it's, it almost sounds like Dave can't decide what notes he wants to sing. I mean, he clearly he does. Yeah. But the melody's bad, and the chorus to me, the chorus is just super weak. Mm. Like, I almost appreciate the lyrics of it the most. Like, I, you know, one more time for the last time. Like, it probably means something to him. Yeah. Um, and can apply to other people's lives, but like. I just don't. The the dissonant like chorus chords and th- that's just not doesn't sound like Foo Fighters to me. Um, ironically, because it is Foo Fighters, but I'm just not a fan of it. Song's not terrible. I just don't like that part. Um, Overdrive. I already mentioned this is like the generator. Totally. I like this better than generator. So when you would listen to this in college, where, where where would you be at this point? It's closer to the end of the album. Were you wasted? Hmm. Would you pregame? We might have skipped this song. <laughs> this is another one where the drum part is... Oh, yeah. You know? Mm. Like, boring, man. Boring. And not groovy. Um, and the chorus is okay here, but like the... 
which is weird because what I'm complaining about is the melody and the the chorus melody is that little like guitar part the bang 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 bang. But this like Weezer should be doing this song, not Foo Fighters. Mm. You know, um, I just don't think it. I like it because it like never sleeps. It That's just, true. Like, it just goes. That's true. Um, like a generator, bro. Yeah. One other thing that I haven't mentioned yet, and it's because I haven't found a great opportunity for it, but I want to complain some more. The other thing Foo Fighters do is put stops in. They put stops in a mm. lot of songs, and then, um, well, we're going to come to it with Come Back. Um, and a lot of times the stops are ineffective for me. Yeah. And other bands can do stops, and I'm like, I'm like, here it comes. But like with Foo Fighters, it's always like, I know they're big thing. Oh, I was like, they do it because the it's mic. there. It's like, yes, yeah. It's like they use it as a tool to make something interesting, mm-hmm. rather than it. It's a little like paint by numbers. Like yeah. you know what we should do here? Stop. Not because they think it'll make the song better, but it's like this song needs a stop or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but for a band that's all that tries to do everything analog and old school, like like the rock forefathers, it doesn't sound analog and it doesn't feel it. It feels mega digital to me. And I'll explain that more when we get to come back. The next song is Burn Away. This chord sounds good, but I don't know if I like this song a whole lot. Yeah, I, I don't like love it, but it's okay. Like, I don't. I like it better than Overdrive. It's like they made the song around that chord. Yeah. You know, they're just like, oh, that sounds That's sweet. True. Let's make <laughs> a song. True. That's true. Um, one big complaint. Uh, this is actually a good example of what I was saying about not feeling very analog. Um, I I have a... I probably don't have the ability or the, the time to analyze this properly. Mm-hmm. But when we upload these I, I i have to mix them a little these episodes i have to mix them a little bit and i put them into a recording program where you see the waveforms oh yeah and when we get to the chorus of this i took this song and put it in there so listen to this chorus So what's always bugged me about this song is the, the burn away part that he's singing. It's clearly overdubbed, even though he wouldn't have to. He could say burn away, burn away, burn away three separate times if he wanted to. But instead, what Dave decides to do is overlap the second one and the first one just slightly, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. I understand why you do that. But they also sound too perfect. Oh, so what I did, I put these, I uploaded it into our recording program and just tried to see how similar the waveforms look. And again, you know, I don't have the time or the patience to, but I can tell you this. They're the same. They're exactly the same. Yeah. And, and more the same than any other song I've ever looked at. So what, what I'm saying is that unless Dave Grohl is the most accurate, like perfect singer. Uh-huh. Those were copied and pasted. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and that, and it sounds, co- even if it's not, mm-hmm. it sounds copied and pasted, you know, which bugs me. You know, it's, 
I just don't let the song is okay, but I I wish it didn't sound so manufactured. Yeah. Um, no, I see what you're saying. Um, but that brings us to unless you have something else about this. No, song. I think they are recording di- di- digitally in this. They started the analog tape like oh. wasting light. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought they always were analog. Mm-hmm. Like they'll say like. We'll talk about later, but Echo Silence, Patience, and Grace mm-hmm. was like their most like perfect like okay like they use those tools to like make sure like everything was perfect like the vocals okay you know what I mean yeah like time oh so okay and then yeah then Wasted Lights after that one that's when they use analog okay cool um, last song is Come Back which is basically New Way Home Part Two yeah. <laughs> Play, play at the very beginning. Go all the go back. Yeah. I said this song sounds like, or this album has songs that remind me of other bands. This could be an Allison Chains song to me. I could. It's a little bit more brighter, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is bright. Allison yeah. Chains would do it darker, oh, yeah. but like the backup vocals that are like, and like the the sound of the guitars, like how like dissonant they are, but in a good way on this song, in my opinion. Um, and in fact, those I'm stops. A, you like those stops? I'm okay with the stops in this song. I really like this song. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with those stops because. Not everything stops. Like, there's still a little hangover. Yeah. Um, like, from the drums. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Um, here comes the pre-chorus. Here comes a big chord. I kind of like how it's only the one chord in the chorus that's that fat. Yeah. All the others are bar chords, and you can only hear like three strings, but that one. Bam, bam, Dude, I think like when you hit those chords, like it's not just going through it. Like you almost have to play half of it and then half later. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do. I was kind of far away from the mic. What I think, I don't know this, but I think they must be using really thick gauge strings oh. um, to get that kind of separation. Ring. Like, you gotta let the bottom ring uh-huh. and kind of, like, pluck it, like, mm-hmm. drag it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it makes me kind of want to experiment a little bit with Do my it. string. I mean, I've experimented before, but not to that end. Um, anyway. What gauges you play with? Uh, it depends on the guitar. Yeah. Like, on on the Strat, I play thicker gauge than the Les Paul. Oh, really? Yeah, because that the pickups on that Strat are have so much low end hmm. that that you want a, for those who don't play you want a th- I want a thicker gauge string so that's it's tighter yeah. and sounds a little like brighter um, or else I get so thick I still get a really thick low end out mm. of it which makes it sound muddier a little bit but um, but I use a uh, essentially 11s with the 
Fender with the Strat and and tens mm-hmm. with the um, with the Les Paul for now. Um, so I'm gonna fast forward this song a little bit. So you've got this. The drums sound real good at this part. This song made me think of a Jerry Cantrell song called Cold Peace uh-huh. um, from his first solo album. And I, in my ear's mind, wait, my mind's ear. <laughs> Buddy. In my mind's ear, they sounded very similar, mm-hmm. but I was wrong. This, this is Cold Peace, the part that I was kind of thinking of. They don't really sound similar at all. Hold on. Because you got like a little bit of keys. There's like a little... S- this is kind of like fusion. Dude, this song's weird. Someday, when we do... When the theme of our podcast is uh, side project discographies, yeah. we're going to do Jerry Cantrell. That'd be cool. Anyway, um, I... I still have this sense that this part in Comeback sounds like another song specifically from Jerry Cantrell that I can't put my finger on. But like these acoustic things are kind of like a metal thing to do. Yeah. Like um Black Sabbath, there's an on the album Sabotage, there's a song where they do this. I think it might be. They could have called it Sabotage. Yeah. That, that dude. Where Opportunity were you? lost. Like, yeah. <laughs> So the reason I called this New Way Home Part 2 is because the structure is virtually the same. Like, do a couple choruses that are of a good song, then really drop everything out, and then build it back up and just, like, rock your socks off till the end. It works both times. Uh-huh. Um, I think New Way Home is maybe the slightly better one. Yeah. This one is really good, though. This is the, a part that sounds like Alice in Chains, too. Oh, with the harmonies. The harmonies and... Oh, yeah, song's done. Psych. Psych. Spoiler alert. Here's my issue with that part. Is how clean they all come in. Yeah. You don't hear any attack. Uh Uh-huh. It's just like play. Yeah. Like, I just want... I, I intended to do the hard stop there. I just want something... To signal, this is about to happen mm-hmm. again, dude. Even if it's just like a little guitar feedback. Yeah. What's cool about um, newer Metallica stuff? Yeah, is like Lars will just keep the hi hat going, like, and then they come back in. Do that. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, maybe this is exactly what they wanted it to sound like. They, you know, maybe the effect they were going for is totally like take you by complete surprise. Yeah. 
and just bring it back in. I don't understand why you think that's better. Why I don't understand why a a songwriter yeah, thinks no, like, that's an- better. Anticipation, right? You know, there's no like, oh, I... like it doesn't hit harder. I I get that. Like, okay, it's maybe like somehow more unexpected because there's no like warning shot of feedback or like a snare drum or, mm-hmm. or I mean a hi hat or whatever. But it doesn't like make it more effective. I think it castrates it a little bit. It's not as big it's because not connected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Connected is a good way to yeah. put it. Like it Yeah, it I don't know. It's just It's almost like they had like the song and they're like cut it. That's what it sounds like. That's yeah. what I mean with this whole digital yeah. like thing this that I'm getting. It does sound like they just played straight through and uh, cut. They're like, let's insert five seconds of silence yeah. and then just started it again. But this part is cool. So that's one by one. One song by one. I like it. Uh, I do too. I give this... Did I already say what I give this album? I think B plus. Solid B plus. Yeah. Um, maybe a B. Yeah. The Lonely As You and Burn Away and th- those three songs before Come Back maybe drag it down a little bit. I never thought about like how... Like produced it is yeah like what you're saying like oh that's why yeah i hope i didn't ruin it for you i mean not really but it's like <laughs> oh you can definitely hear it yeah like you can hear it that's what i mean you yeah can you hear can it. hear the digital uh-huh you know yeah which i mean that that honestly kind of makes me feel better when i thought it was analog yeah and i'm like how how are they doing and you were like it's not analog yeah <laughs> so um so it makes me trust my ears more. Mm-hmm. Um, you all should trust your ears. Um, we still need to do cover cut hidden gem. Um, again, I can't say this enough for Foo Fighters because I have so many complaints, but I still like these. I still enjoy listening to them. Yeah, I just feel like they're so close. I just want them to tweak a couple things, and I'd love it. But um, song. I would cover. If we were going to cover one of these. Times like these. Yeah. Yeah. Times like these. I was thinking maybe all my life, but times like these is such a banger. It that really is, I, yeah. That, that's that's got to be the one. Um, cut. Do you have one? Do you want to go first on cut? I think I know what I'd cut. I think it's probably, we play a little bit of Lonely As You. Yeah. What would I do? Lonely as you. Oh, that's one more time for the play. Uh, yeah, one more time for burn, the last time. Burn away. Oh, burn away. Oh, I'm not actually one. playing it. I'm that just singing one. it. That one. <laughs> that one. Yep. I'd cut lonely as you. <laughs> Mostly all because of the chorus. Yeah. I don't really care for uh, burn away either, but um, but lonely as you, I think, has the worst chorus, and that's why I'd pick that one. 
Hidden gem. You can't pick any of the first four. So okay. you can't pick All Number My Life, five. Low, Have It All, or Times Like These. Number five. Disenchanted Lullaby? Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew you liked Comeback's that a strong second. Comeback's but, my hidden yeah. gem. I, I love... Comeback, I used to listen to to get like jacked up for races yeah. and stuff. Um, that's how I judge a lot of my hidden gems. Is what would I listen to before a big race? When that's I was, not a single. That's not a <laughs> single, obviously. You know, most often... The songs that I found the most like exciting weren't singles. I think usually that's because you're not tired of them. Yeah, you know you haven't heard yeah. them on the radio a million times. So and like it, you take it personal. Like I found this song. Yeah, you know, no, one you definitely it for do. Me, you know, yep. With the exception of a couple Alice in Chains songs, like Wood still gets me going. Oh, was, that wasn't a single. No, it was. Oh. That's what I mean. Like yeah. I could get excited about Wood yeah. even though it's a single. You know, um. So that's it. That covers... We did two substantial episodes uh, today. This Welcome to 2020. Uh, we hope to have you we all around. Yeah. Um, as we continue on through the rest of the Foo Fighters episodes. Do we have a guest next week? I don't think next so. Next week's in your honor, so no. Yeah. Um, which is I'm a double excited. album. Double album, which I have own, have never popped in my cd oh, player oh shit it's so, almost like his destiny destiny you know what else is destiny get wet get wet Dude, this is the lame. This is no. That <laughs> goes back. I know they're so good in them. Dude, they totally took a shit on Darth Vader from bringing the Palpatine back. Yeah. And the whole Death Star exploded. And he's just missing a couple fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's lame. And she dies of a broken heart. <laughs> they didn't even have a force bond. No, not even. 
It seems with your anger, you've killed her. He just looks so lame right there. Like, he looks like a little wiener. I know, like strapped like that. Yeah. Well, it's I guess it's kind of cool because it's supposed to be like this Frankenstein moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. kind of a cool, like, but yeah, I was thinking that too. I will say this, that... And this part, he's like, we Yeah. <laughs> I will say that I think maybe James Earl Jones does the best acting job in the whole movie because he phrases things like Hayden Christensen does. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, no, I couldn't. I, uh-huh. I felt her. Like, that's exactly the way that Hayden Christensen would deliver yeah. that shitty dialogue. Uh-huh. So, James Earl Jones, pro. Yeah. Dude, he's sweet. Mm-hmm. Does he do any other voices? Like, I mean, yeah, he's like no, known for that, but like famous. I feel like we're on the podcast uh, right now, so yes. I'm talking. Yeah. Uh, Mufasa. Oh. He probably does other ones that I'm not thinking of, but yeah. that's probably his other most famous just voice acting part. You tell me when you're ready. I'm ready, dude. All right. Here we like go. Hit it. Here we go for the uh, false start uh, false start opener. Yep, there we go. One, two, three, 